Life Audio. Hello and welcome to the Capital Ministries podcast. At Capital Ministries, our mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ in the political arena throughout the world, and we do this through weekly in-depth discipleship Bible studies. I'm Frank Sontag, and I look forward to sharing these Bible studies written by my friend Ralph Drawlinger. As president and founder of Capital Ministries, Ralph is teaching the same study to three different groups in D.C. this week. He holds a House Members Bible Study, a Senate Members Bible Study, and a Zoom study with former White House Cabinet members. In this study, the Bible and leadership, faithfulness, to paraphrase a famous William Penn quote, good governance flows from good hearts. Accordingly, Capman is intentional about achieving these ministry outposts, not only here in D.C., but at every level of the career path of a public servant. To be clear, our objective is not to change our form of government. A republic must remain institutionally separated from the church. Our goal is to build up in Christ the men and women who administrate our form of government. Before we begin, let us hear a word from our sponsor. The Fact About Faithfulness, Fulfillment Near the end of his letter to the Ephesians, the Apostle Paul conveys some personal comments about Tychicus, his close friend and partner in ministry. From this narrative passage, we can glean important insights into the matter of faithfulness. In Ephesians 6, 21-22, wherein Paul is writing from his Roman imprisonment far away from the church at Ephesus that he had founded as recorded in the book of Acts, he states the following, But that you also may know about my circumstances, how I am doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make everything known to you. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, so that you may know about us, and that he may comfort your hearts. The phrase, I have sent, is most accurate to the Greek, but note that in reality, Tychicus had not been dispatched until after Paul wrote this letter, right? So how do you explain this seemingly anachronistic statement? Paul, writing in Greek, is employing a tense known as the epistolary aorist. This tense is used when the writer desires to put himself in the place of the reader. Accordingly, and more importantly to this study, note that Paul calls Tychicus faithful in the previously quoted passage. When we hear the word faithful today, our attention is often drawn to the context of marital fidelity. For sure, that is an accurate understanding of the biblical word usage. But, as used here, and illustrated in the life of Tychicus, the character quality of faithfulness has a broader application. Stemming from the Greek word pistos, it means trusted or reliable. In contrast, apistos means untrustworthy or not worthy of another's confidence. Theologically, faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit, fully bequeathed by the Holy Spirit to and upon every believer at the point of salvation. Cross-reference Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Therefore, faithfulness is a possessed quality by every true believer. 
a characteristic fruit of genuine followers of Christ, but one that nonetheless needs to be continually honed, matured, and developed in the sense of our progressive sanctification. Characteristic reliability in our vertical relationship to God, as well as horizontally in our relationship to ministry partners, is a requisite, indispensable quality that assures both great communion with God and dependable reliability by others, equating to the consummate, active, and efficient fulfillment of God's Great Commission mandate. As noted, Paul was writing from prison in Rome, as indicated by the preceding passage in Ephesians 6.20. Therein the passage begins with, I am an ambassador in chains. There he penned what are commonly referred to as the prison epistles, Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, and Philemon. An interesting note serving the purpose of this study is that many commentators believe that Paul wrote Colossians in close proximity to Ephesians, so that the Colossian epistle would also be delivered to Colossae by Tychicus. Colossians contains an epistolary aorist passage similar to the one under study. Colossians 4, 7 through 9. As to all my affairs, Tychicus, our beloved brother and faithful servant and fellow bondservant in the Lord, will bring you information. For I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of your number. They will inform you about the whole situation here. Again, Colossians 4, 7 through 9. Each passage from the two epistles refers to Tychicus as a faithful man and indicate that Paul, who was unable to go because of his imprisonment, had sent Tychicus as an apostolic emissary to these churches on his behalf. How could Paul write in Philippians, Now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel? Chapter 1, verse 12. Paul could only write those words because of, in part, a faithful teammate like Tychicus. Paul's situation necessitated faithful, trustworthy ministry teaming in order to fulfill the Great Commission. Part of God's sovereign orchestration of Paul's circumstances serves to illustrate for the reader of the New Testament his mature ability to effectively discern and wholeheartedly trust in another. In this case... His trust had been placed in a fellow worker, one who over many years had proven himself to be absolutely dependable. As such, Tychicus serves to personify the following passages. Proverbs 13:17, A wicked messenger falls into adversity, but a faithful envoy brings healing. Faithful people elicit positive outcomes in a myriad of ways. And Proverbs 25:13a says, like the cold of snow in the time of harvest, is a faithful messenger to those who send him. Having many ministry partners myself in California's San Joaquin Valley, where much of our nation's fruit is grown, it doesn't take long to learn that every packing shed immediately chills freshly harvested fruits and vegetables from hot summer orchards in order to preserve their contents. Solomon, writing in the previous proverb, uses an agricultural analogy in this case to beautifully portray the value of a messenger's preserving and protecting the contents of that 
with which he has been entrusted. In both instances, the object of value remains unchanged and is preserved for consumption. Such a person Solomon describes with the word faithful. Note the summation of Tychicus's character quality of faithfulness as illustrated by leading Ephesians commentator Harold Honer. Quote, Later in his second Roman imprisonment, Paul sent Tychicus to Ephesus to relieve Timothy in order that Timothy could come to Paul, 2 Timothy 2.4, and Paul sent either Tychicus or Artemis to Crete to relieve Titus so that Titus could visit Paul in Nicopolis, Titus 3, verse 12. Tychicus then bore five New Testament Bible books, letters, Colossians, Philemon, Ephesians, 2 Timothy, and Titus, and probably relieved two of Paul's apostolic legates. It is no wonder that he was called a beloved brother and faithful servant of the Lord. Servant, diakonos, emphasizes the activity of the servant and, in this case, signifies faithfulness in his activities for the Lord. The fact is, Tychicus's faithfulness led to the fulfillment of the Great Commission in the 1st and 2nd century. The first mention of Tychicus is in Acts chapter 20, verse 4. Of Asian descent, he had been chosen by Paul to take the relief offering to Jerusalem. Therein was the start of a beautiful relationship. Tychicus was not only faithful, but this passage informs us that he was also available and teachable. Tychicus possessed three key ingredients for being used mightily by God. The formation of faithfulness, friendliness. Next, let us observe one particular means Paul used to evoke such high levels of faithfulness, availability, and teachability in others. Opposite of a military culture chain of command, Paul in the institution of the church was collegial with those who served him and those whom he deemed his partners. Having Paul as their leader, his followers gained a sense of personal value and importance, the sense of being on an equal footing. Can that be said of you in your leadership style? Paul says of Tychicus in this study's passage, the beloved brother and faithful minister. What exactly does this first aspect of the statement mean? Commentator Edward Earl Ellis says, quote, In this context, the term brother means not so much fellow Christian, though Tychicus was obviously this, and the term has this meaning in verse 21, as it does co-worker or helper, end quote. This comment is significant. In the world of ministry, Paul did not make people refer to him in some sense of hierarchical superiority. He didn't insist on nor enforce personal titles. Rather, he had a collegial, friendly relationship with those whom he discipled, even though he personified apostolic authority. His leadership style was not one of pulling out the org chart continuously. To do so even today is to telegraph personal insecurity with those whom you are leading. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines collegial as marked by power or authority vested equally in each of a number of colleagues. 
I realize some problems can arise over time with this leadership style. A certain level of disrespect and license can come to those in authority, but such problems have more to do with the immaturity of those under a collegial boss than the leadership style of the boss. Nonetheless, common friendliness is an indispensable, biblically-based component of effective leadership with its inherent risks that aids in developing faithfulness amongst peers serving not only in ministry but also in office. Motivation and work in ministry are enhanced when everyone on the team senses ownership and equal importance in achieving the task. I hope you sense collegiality and friendliness in and from me as we attempt to launch and mature effective ministries not only in state capitals but in the thousands of local city and county government offices throughout America. I count each of you as strategic partners and peers in our joint monumental effort to help create a movement for Christ amongst our nation's governing authorities from the start of office to the highest positions in office. While the practice of friendship is no guarantee of developing faithfulness in another, it can certainly help. States Paul in Philippians 2 verse 3b Regard one another as more important than yourselves. Tychicus could be counted on to complete the smallest tasks and the most difficult. He was doctrinally solid and represented Paul well, being void of disloyalty, undermining comments of disrespect, cross-reference 1 Peter 2.18, and gossip. Paul took notice of those qualities, and as a result, God used Tychicus mightily in his kingdom work. Taking this concept a step further, Paul had his personal weaknesses, cross-reference Romans 7, as we all do. And we know that collegiality requires transparency and thus a risk of vulnerability. It follows that Tychicus could have exploited Paul's foibles and undermined or damaged his leadership. Instead, Tychicus was characterized by grace and not rigidity in his demeanor, skill, and dispatch in and throughout his personal relationships. Undoubtedly, he was mature in this regard, having earned Paul's highest level of trust. Keep in mind the enormous significance of this level of trust. Tychicus was deemed seasoned enough to transport portions of the original New Testament. Even today, characteristic collegiality and grace foster and result in the building of trust with one another, and consequentially our effective teaming together in the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Unfortunately, the shortage of such grace has resulted in many Christian leaders who are not friendly to those who work under their leadership, having been burned by others. In contrast, may our partnerships in ministry and in life in general always be characterized by abundant grace. You, the many public servants in our D.C. Bible studies, White House, Cabinet, Senate, and House members, are wonderful, grace-filled, effective, powerful partners in ministry. In Faithful Ministry Partnership, you are as responsible for Capital Ministries' many successful ministry launches in America and throughout the world as our Danielle or yours truly. Your gracious spirits make for mature, fruitful friendships and an ensuing synergy to fulfill the Great Commission amongst political leaders around the world. What follows are further insights into faithfulness, the fountain of faithfulness, a facet of God. 
1 Thessalonians 5.24, Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. And 2 Thessalonians 3.3, But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. To grow in Christ's likeness means we must grow in God's attribute of faithfulness. Let us become increasingly and amazingly more like him in this area of our lives. May it be said of us, as Jesus said of Paul in 1 Timothy 1.12, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. The fostering of faithfulness, frequency. Faithfulness must be cultivated and developed continually throughout our lives. In contrast, the evil one is unfaithful and will continually tempt you to be unfaithful. The following passages depict the personal discipline of cultivating faithfulness. Psalm 78, 8. And not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its heart and whose spirit was not faithful to God. And Luke 16:10. He who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. We should be strict with ourselves to be faithful in very little things. Frequent, small victories become mental imprints to developing lifelong responses of faithfulness in the bigger spheres of life. Francis Schaeffer used to say to those of us who lived in his Swiss chalet in Villers, Switzerland, did you clean behind the toilet? House guests who came to live and learn at La Brie had to do homemaking chores. And the point of his frequent interrogation, only God knows if you've cleaned behind the toilet. You must learn to be faithful to him when no one else is watching. That is, if you expect to be used by him in ways significant. The fruit of faithfulness, affirmation. We've learned that biblically speaking, faithfulness is an intricate key character quality that God is looking for in those whom he will use most significantly. It follows that Faithfulness is something public servants should ascertain, not only about themselves, but also about those they consider for hiring or promoting. With that thought in mind, let us lastly turn our attention to the following passages that indicate the biblical connection between faithfulness and God's reward. Proverbs 28.20 A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who makes haste to be rich will not go unpunished. Nehemiah chapter 7 verse 2 says, Then I put Hananiah my brother, and Hananiah the commander of the fortress, in charge of Jerusalem, for he was a faithful man and feared God more than many. Luke 12:42, And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and sensible steward, whom his master will put in charge of his servants, to give them their rations at the proper time? 1 Timothy 1:12 says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. And 2 Timothy 2.2, the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. I have purposely repeated 1 Timothy 1.12 here in my outline because the verse is so profoundly insightful and sums up this Bible study. All of the previous passages serve to affirm God's sense of importance regarding your and my 
faithfulness. These passages serve to indicate strongly that God rewards this quality if he finds it in you and if he finds it in me. I've noticed over several decades of ministry to public servants how those who are faithful to represent him boldly and lovingly while in public office, generally speaking, are rewarded by God. Do you seek his affirmation of your service and office? Are you faithful to him for him having placed you in office? Is that the way you think about it? Then be faithful to his calling, his precepts, and his people. Do you believe he is the one who ultimately placed you in public office, or is it because you think you're so smart? Your answer to that will largely indicate your faithfulness to him while in office. Our application. Tychicus was a man who was faithful to God and to others. Subsequently, God blessed and strengthened him. Paul noticed his faithfulness and entrusted him with the most important of tasks, personally delivering original autographa of Scripture over hundreds of miles of perilous journey. Why? He was deemed faithful, reliable, and trustworthy. Are you deemed faithful both by God and by your peers? May these words be said of us as we team to plant ministries amongst public servants throughout America and the world, keeping the main thing the main thing while serving in the office redounds to everlasting dividends in your account to and for His glory. Friends, I encourage you to find more studies like this one on the Capital Ministries website, which is capmin.org. There you can also learn about in-depth weekly discipleship Bible studies taking place in capitals throughout our nation and around the world. You may be called to lead such studies with public servants in your community. Thanks to the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. Here at lifeaudio.com, you will also find more faith-centered podcasts. This concludes our Bible study for this week. May God bless you deeply. Thank you for all you do in our great country and on the Hill. This is Frank Sontag.